This is a podcast from 3RRR 102.7 FM in Melbourne, truly independent community radio. Hello and welcome to Backstory, the show about books, the craft of writing and the people behind the lines. I'm Mel Cranenberg. Celebrating Migrant Voices is the opening event at this year's Brimbank Writers and Readers Festival, a fitting start to the 10-day event which runs in Melbourne's richly diverse western suburbs from the 8th to the 17th of November. Author Melanie Cheng, who is hosting the opening event uh, and centrepiece of the festival, will join me later in the hour, so stay tuned for that. But very soon. Her debut novel, The Dressmaker, was turned into a film starring Kate Winslet, Winslet, I should say, and a fabulous contrast of outback landscape and stunning costuming. Since then, author Rosalie Hamm has reprised her small town rural setting in 2005's Summer at Mount Hope. She strayed to Brunswick while still retaining the small community satire for her meditation on ageing in There Should Be More Dancing. And now she returns once again to the claustrophobic intrigue of small town life in her latest book, The Year of the Farmer. Rosalie Hamm will be joining me to discuss discuss her latest book and why small towns continue to lure her back. That's all coming up on Backstory. Three Triple R. You're listening to 3RRR, the show is Backstory. I'm Mel Cranenberg. Our next guest's debut novel, The Dressmaker, the story of a seamstress returned to wreak her particular revenge on the small town that mistreated her, was adapted into a 2015 film of the same name starring Kate Winslet. Since then, she has gone on to write three more novels exploring themes of small town hostilities and intrigues. Her latest, The Year of the Farmer, returns once more to a rural setting, this time in in the midst of a devastating drought, the town battles it out with the water board and two strong-minded women, the embittered Mandy and the rival for her husband's affections, narrowly recently returned from the big smoke to run the local pub. In a town of 500 where everyone knows everyone's business, the personal and political are indivisible and no one seems to be able to plumb these elements with such an acute satirical sense as author Rosalie Ham. And Rosalie joins me today to discuss her book and how she draws these characters in their world. Rosalie, welcome to Backstory. Thank you, Mel. Lovely to be here. Well, I am really, truly impressed with how you managed to pull this off. It's not an easy feat, I think, to to really kind of get into the guts of, of your characters. Each one of them really feels, I think sometimes, you know, in books, you kind of come into a book through a particular perspective and that perspective is really well drawn and fleshed out you kind of tend to see the other characters as, as more supporting roles. But you really do spend a lot of time really delving into each of your characters. There's such gritty detail in here. You really, you know, you draw their inner lives, but you also really draw their relationship with their external environment. It's a very big part of your your storytelling. Talk to me about this because you do write really about relationships between people in small towns, but the relationship that seems, you know, most at the centre of it is also their relationship with the land. Absolutely. Um, thank you for 
all those compliments about my characters. I think the trick to them in this case particularly is that I like them all and I kind of know them all because I grew up with them all. They're, they're not exactly specific people, but they are people I know and they all had certain themes to carry and it's a story that I'm really quite passionate about. Um I was born and raised in a small country town. It's irrigation land and no one ever writes about irrigation land. So that's the only place you can set a story about irrigation is in a small rural community. And they work as a whole. They kind of work as one tight-knit unity. And if you go against that tight-knit unity, then, you know, it's not good. It's not for for the greater good. So I think the reason that they're drawn or, or the way they convey to you a sense of knowing them is a wonderful thing um, for you to recognise that. But also when you mention the the relationship with the land, well, they everybody depends on the land out there. That's mm-hmm. just them in that great landscape with that great sky. And whatever the land does and the weather does reflects on their economic, social, spiritual, emotional you know, well-being. So they have to be attuned to it. And I loved writing that landscape because I could put Mitchell Bishop in it. And as he as he tra- traversed that land, I could talk about the relationship to the the land and the animals and the whole cycle and what farming actually is. So it's a kind of a love letter, really, to irrigation farming. Let's talk a bit more about that because obviously, you know, one of the kind of centre um, or the central kind of themes of this book is really, you know, the drought and and water poverty, um, which is something that actually really is genuinely going to be more and more of an of an issue as you know, the the really kind of deep effects of global warming start really hitting. Uh, but, you know, we are in a dry landscape and we're in, you know, cyclical drought is just a part of this, this country. Um, but let's talk more about that. But I do, you mentioned Mitchell Bishop now mm. and he is our original way into the story. He's, I feel he's something of a hapless character in some ways. He's really the two women um, that uh, kind of dominate his life uh, in a lot of ways really are to my mind the the much kind of stronger better characters than he is Um, but talk to me about him because he is an interesting way into the story um he's my symbol of farming really because what's happening to mitchell bishop happens to farmers all over the place he's at the mercy of nature and he's trying to run a viable economic business in nature against world prices, commodity prices, against bureaucrats, banks. He's got loans, he's got mortgages, he's got all sorts of things. So it's not a sensible, rational thing to try and do at the outset, but it's a vital thing because it grows our food and fibre. So when we meet Mitch, he's kind of just over it. He's just defeated by the whole bloody thing, you know. It's just got really hard. Um, and he's in this situation where he needs to sell water, some of his irrigation water allocation to meet demand for his, you know, mortgage and his payments, um, repayments. But if he sells water, then he doesn't have enough equity in his land to make a sensible business plan. Um, but if he doesn't sell water, he's going to die anyway. Like, well, li- not literally, but the fa- the farm will kind of die. So he's actually stuck and he spends most of his time in this novel 
trying to w- figure out what to do. And it, and there is a drought, but it's about to end. And the irony is that if it does end with rain, as droughts do, it's not a good time for it to, <laughs> to rain because it'll ruin the little crop that he's got. So everything around him is against him, basically. And that's why he's kind of passive and undecisive. And that's why he talks to his dog and his donkeys because he just can't come to terms with it. And on top of that, of course, he's got a wife he doesn't like and a girlfriend he does love. <laughs> um, so the, and, and so that's why he's the way he is. But it is the women, it's the women in this that show the way. And it's that's my own experience of country life and rural living. Um, that's why the characters are the way they are, the culture's the way they are, and the women are the way they are, because that's my truth, the way I experience it. It's really an interesting thing because I think, you know, some people have typified your book as rural romance. I think um, I think there is an element of romance very definitely in there, and I don't in any way think that that is a reduction of, of any book because I, I actually think, you know, those those kind of books really have at their heart strong female characters and I I feel as though you've really represented that and and in in many at many points in this book you do say you know women women run the world I think one character says at one point but also they very definitely are not just the backbone of those farming communities they're running those farming communities um, as you have illustrated in this book Um, what I think is really interesting here from the perspective of someone like me who's very much an urban dweller and knows literally nothing about uh, these kinds of areas outside of what I've read or what I've heard uh, is that you kind of really uh, try to give a sense of the complexity even within a small community community of the different viewpoints some of these are kind of grouped into these fairly uh I guess, arbitrary categories of, you know, the farmers and the, um, you know, what are they called? The The townies, the the riparians and the ferals (laughs) and the irrigators, the four factions here. That's right. And and within that, you're not kind of falling on the side of any of those factions. Everyone kind of really does reflect on the, 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 the kind of complexity and the fact that, you know, they sort of have empathies that lie with, with all the different sides. Um, This is really, you know, cut into sharp relief when you get into the sort of town meeting with the water board, which is led by the one I feel really true villain of the piece, which is Glennis Gravedigger Dingle. Um, she is, uh, I believe, the sort of um, representative of the water board and really does not seem to have anyone's but her own interest at heart. Uh, and I thought that that was really interesting because, you know, even though there are historical rivalries between these other groups, you know, what you're trying to reflect is that they all genuinely have a shared, um, you know, a shared kind of, I guess, sense of values in that they all depend on the land and they all ultimately want to look after it, which is really interesting. Can you talk about that aspect of it? Because I felt like this more than many things kind of started to give me a little bit of an insight into why it's so hard for people from outside to have these conversations with uh, with people in uh, in rural areas. Look, I'm really, I really appreciate that you got that out of it because it was my inten- intention to kind of show that it is a lot more complex than what you see on television or in the you know media of any kind newspaper reports fiction film tv series they all portray a kind of stereotype and you need to have the stereotypes to a certain degree i think in fiction for example the romance that you noticed i mean you can't have a story about irrigation without something to make it interesting so that's why there is love hate portrayal and romance there but the but in that community, they 